0: This program is the production of Restoring the Core, an initiative designed to assist those wishing to go deeper into classic Christianity with resources available in a connected age. Online at restoringthecore.com This is Finding Hidden Treasure. One of the things that uh, we've been doing lately is to experiment with a few new formats. We've gone into conversational mode in some of the more recent broadcasts. And one of the things I'd like to do is also bring in a guest contributor. He's a young man named Andrew Vincent. I've known Andrew from uh, the time before he was born. Member of our home church, and it's been a wonder to see the work that God is doing in him and the uh, testimony he has at such a young age. What's garnered my attention, particularly with some work that Andrew's done recently, is a Facebook post that he did a few days ago, which I'd like him to do the audio of. I'd uh, like to welcome Andrew. Andrew, welcome.
1: Thank you. Well, Glad to be here.
0: Thank you for being here. Uh, so, what I'd like to ask is, what motivated you to write this specific post?
1: I was at work. I what came on my heart. I was just listening to, I think, First John and just some worship music in the morning while I was working, and I realized I had this big window of space while my program at work was running, and I just thought, I just felt the Holy Spirit kind of put it on my heart to just. Kind of start writing a post, and I didn't really have a clue of where I was going with it. I was just gonna write whatever popped into my mind and make random paragraphs (laughs) as to whatever God had been teaching me over the last few months, or even a little over a year now.
0: Okay, well, I find that uh, there are oftentimes there are uh, outside circumstances that really grab our attention, which is why there might be something that we have, let's say, walked past. Let's say maybe it's a building, the street you've driven down, and there's something on one given day, you take a look at this and go, you're now thinking something different about it. I'm assuming the same kind of thing was here. I'm, I'm suspecting you've listened to First John before. Yeah, uh, yeah, But there's something about the circumstances of just having that, if I can understand this properly, this time that you had at work that you could, for lack of a better term, carve out or isolate just for this kind of, for lack of a better term, devotional time.
1: Uh yeah, in a big sense, just like I really felt just the revelation hitting hitting deeper in my in my heart at that time.
0: Well, I was just wondering if if there is a certain trigger of something that was put onto your mind. I mean, for example, recently, I was at a conference that brought up some points, and uh, something I was telling uh, my wife Julie about that in the conference there was very little I was hearing that I hadn't heard before but I needed to be reminded of it. It was just that circumstance of being there that triggered the thinking that changed my devotional life in the last week or so. So I didn't know if there's anything in particular like at it, it work that maybe, you, again, you've read through, let's say, or listened through First John any number of times, but there's something different that happened this time that allowed you to, instead of just maybe just listening to the Word, going, i got to write something about this. So just trying to understand your motivation behind it.
1: I guess for me it's just been a lot of as you said repetition. Like even Paul writes about in Philippians just how, you know, he doesn't tire over telling us the same thing it's for our own safety. Well, he wasn't writing it to us, but writing it to other Christians. I think just with having it constantly listening to different speakers and listening to the word itself, the Holy Spirit has used that to just pound for lack of a better word uh into my head what i learned growing up but to make it realer to me of just like this isn't just like theology and it's not just a doctrine like this is the life that jesus wanted us to live and wanted us to enter into it's weird because it's the same stuff that i heard all growing up but at a certain point the piece actually really hit my heart and it actually hit my heart at a younger age right around eight when i was getting baptized and then just a lot of the same stuff. I, I, it made sense and I understood it back then, but I, w- I have no clue how to explain it. I just knew that I had a peace, you know, basically peace that uh, couldn't be understood.
0: Again, from Philippians, where yes. Paul talks about the uh, a peace that uh, I think the term he uses in Greek is like a, a garrison or a fortress. That, in a sense, putting your heart, your mind, your peace inside a fortress that can't be attacked. What you'd mentioned about Uh, Just even the things that you've read and heard and seen before, doctrine and the like, and uh, I think highly of doctrine, however, that can be abused if there's not transformation that goes along with it. Uh, Your testimony is, from what I'm understanding, here are things you've known all along, but for lack of a better term, a light went on. Things were just fact have now become uh, matched with action.
1: Yes, Definitely. Yeah, when I what I didn't really do growing up was I didn't get into the word myself very often, and it wasn't really till this last summer that I started really reading in the in the Bible, and that's where, you know, the stuff that I heard growing up actually became, you know, what I felt like God speaking directly to me and and then through that and just believing it more and praying for more belief and even the simple things, I saw my my life start to change and just treating people better and I started to actually like myself more than before, not in a uh, cocky way, but in a way that I knew, I really did know that God loved me, and that's what started to change my own behavior with other people.
0: That can be one of the most difficult things for people who are believers to actually make the hurdle so to, or leap the hurdle, so to speak. There was a sermon I heard yesterday about a man who was talking about how he's been on every inhabited continent of the world and he's had a chance to interact with Christians from literally all over the world. And he said one of the things that he finds that's there. Uh, he didn't give it his sense of whether or not it's common, but it's the idea of people who are believers, but have a really hard time grasping how God loves them individually. Mm. That you might see this as, well, okay, I'm part of the collective. He'll bring me in. Uh, Ligon Duncan had made the point. No, it's that individual love. And I like the way you put that. It's that transition from kind of knowing it out there and then the transition of knowing it inside. That yeah. it, this applies to you. Thank you. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. One thing I'd like to ask before I ask you to read your Facebook post, there's something I learned when uh, I was in seminary about when you're doing evangelism or missions work, is that one of the things that happens, especially when somebody's been a Christian for some period of time, is that we often can lose a sense of what it was like not to be a Christian before that. The questions we might ask, we might think, okay, here's what an unbeliever is going to ask us. And then you actually talk to one and they'll come up with an entirely different set of questions. (laughs) Sure. Lose connection. It's now been (laughs) a number of years since I've been a believer. And I really am fascinated about what God's doing in your generation. So if I may ask, what do you think in your generation is the biggest hurdle to members of your generation becoming followers of Christ?
1: Man, that's a big question. But I guess the first thing that just kind of comes to my heart is I wouldn't say that there's any main hurdle other than just whatever people perceive God to be or hear most often that. The biggest problem with people coming to christ in fact i was talking with one of my bosses on thursday and my other boss on uh, saturday both of them one of them has the problem with you know religion starting wars which the other boss had a problem with religious people not really loving deep down and uh, it was just some really cool conversations but i found that most people that i talk to about it they see that religion is bad and ergo god is bad and christianity is a no-no, but I did get the chance to explain to them that just talk about Jesus's love and you know that those people may have skewed beliefs or maybe not even have experienced God's love for themselves and so they don't know how to express it in other people. So I would say probably the biggest hurdle would be really understanding the heart of God Rather than like the tainted version that they might have grown up seeing or experiencing for themselves.
0: No, I appreciate that because it's been my experience when I hear people's reactions as to why they would not be believers. A lot of it I could understand as misperceptions. Uh, I'm I'm hearing things I don't know that's definitely not the case unfortunately there are some times that i've heard people talk about things that they definitely are people who are followers of christ or claim to be followers of christ who have really not been that compassionate or loving Mm -hmm. to others again i know something it's a hurdle for every generation that every generation has its own struggles as to what keeps them back from christ their their need is there throughout all generations Uh, i was just curious with yours because That's one thing I can kind of guess, but I'm not sure that I really knew, so I wanted to ask while I had you here.
1: Gotcha. Okay,
0: good. Well, would you do us the honor of uh, reading your Facebook post?
1: So uh, I posted this on Saturday. Just some stuff that's on my heart this morning. Thankfully, I had a long program, so I could type for a long time. Read it and see if there's life here. So I part-time work for myself now, and I often think of how people say they want to work for themselves. I've found that when you don't have a boss, you have to be extra disciplined to stay on track. On the other side of things, well, you don't have a boss, so you don't have to do what someone says. Just want to encourage you, wherever you are in your life, to be thankful. Of course, psychology shows that this is beneficial to people. Keeping an optimistic spirit and positive attitude helps you succeed in life, or at least enjoy it more. But I wonder if it is possible to never complain and always be thankful got good news for you. It is possible, but not by biting your lip. Rather, accepting God loves you so much because he sees your potential and knows what you look like when his heart is inside of you. After all, that's why you were created, to express his image on the earth. When that got tainted, he didn't lose heart or give up. Instead, he sent a perfect sacrifice, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming a bondservant, died on a cross, and then resurrected again. He's the expressed image of the Father, and now we are Christians who are called to be little Christ-like ones. And as the Father sent Jesus, so he sends you. But Jesus said that in that day, we would know the truth, and the truth would set us free. Jesus isn't just the way to heaven, he's the way back to the Father. He didn't die for you to go back to heaven, he died to get heaven back into you, which is the Holy Spirit. But so often we don't know the truth of that and never get that revelation, so we still live with condemnation, shame, or guilt and we begin to manifest all those very same mentalities onto others. And it becomes, well, I don't know why he would love me, but thank God he does, and I'll get to heaven someday. Come on, you were made for way more than that. I'm fully convinced that when the reality of his forgiveness, love, grace, and mercy hits your heart you won't be able to help but to tell others about it and to want to love them in the very same way. Speaking on work again, especially as a Christian, work came before the fall and God restored us back to the beginning as if we've never eaten from the tree through Jesus Christ. He did it because he saw our potential. He saw what we look like when we fulfill what we are created for. You're created to love, not to go do a bunch of fun things you know by making money and going on vacation, But it's ironic because as you grow closer to God, you realize loving people is actually really fun. And those other things that you thought brought life had no eternal value, so they just left you feeling dead inside even when you did succeed at them. As a great hymn once said, And the things of this world will grow strangely dim In the light of your glory and praise That's uh, Fix Your Eyes on Jesus by Alan Jackson. Those words that Alan Jackson wrote makes me wholeheartedly believe that he actually believed what he was writing about and had his own personal revelation and relationship with God. Don't pray anymore or read your Bible because it's the right thing to do. The whole point of the gospel is to restore us back to God. So if you don't know him, all that other stuff is pointless. Instead, pray to ask to become more like him, to see the world as he sees it and have your perspective changed. Read your Bible to know the truth about how God sees you. In John 17, Jesus reveals that God views you the same way he views Jesus. Ah, blasphemy, unless you really are perfectly cleansed and clothed in righteousness in the sight of the Father. And whose opinion really matters anyway? Probably God's. So even though you feel unworthy and like a sinner and horrible, after you become born again, you become a new creation, a saint, a son or daughter. I mean, while you were his enemy, he sent his son for you. How much more now will he freely give you all things? In Luke, it says, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But if he gives you the kingdom and you still believe you're an orphan or just don't have any understanding of the heart of God, then you'll be like the disciples. They healed the sick, they cast out demons, and then when people rejected Jesus, the disciples were like, Kill them! So he wants you to understand you're a son before he gives you power or gifts. Then you can use them out of love. After all, that was all before they could be born again and receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus hadn't died yet. You want to see what it looks like to have the Holy Spirit? Go read Acts. So instead of asking God to forgive you, try thanking him for forgiving you. Because if you have to ask, you're going to feel like you don't know if he did or not. But when you thank him, it's not presumptuous. It's believing he actually does forgive you. God is love, and if you want to know what love is, read 1 Corinthians 13 like 500,000 times, so you never get a twisted view of God. Remember that God spoke to His people in many ways and through prophets, but now He has spoken to you through His Son, and He's the expressed image of the Father. That's Hebrews 1, through 1-5. Reading the Old Testament can be confusing. It's not in chronological order is often read without context and can only be understood through jesus's life after receiving the holy spirit 2 corinthians 3 check that out no wonder god looks like some bipolar monster who hates you but puts up with you and loves you sometimes and is mad other times it doesn't say god was so fed up and at wit's end with you that he finally went for broke and sent us son for you it says he so loved that he gave God doesn't tolerate you. He loves you. It's not annoying to be around you or frustrating for him. He wants to be around you. He wants you to see how much he cares for you. Like, he's not against you. He's for you. Wonder if we didn't evolve from nothing. Wonder if we did come from something. Wonder if Jesus did come to do away with religion and replace it with love. Wonder if not every person of religion has heard the good news. Wonder if that's why Jesus told us to go and make disciples of all nations, telling them that the good news is here. Wonder if you're not the product of what you've done, but you're the product of what he's been through. Also, whoever took the time to read such a long post, God bless you.
0: Andrew, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be on the podcast and for reading your post. There is such a summary of the gospel and what you have there. I am extremely thankful that within a post that is readable within only a few minutes, there is so much encouragement, so much truth. Those of us who are in Christ are not tolerated by God. We are loved by him individually. That uh, We need to thank him for his forgiveness before we keep asking if he has forgiven us. This has just been a wonderful experience. I want to thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this program. We can be contacted at mail at restoringthecore.com. We're on Facebook at wwwfacebookcom restoringthecore. You can also follow us on Twitter at RestoreThecore. Thank you for listening. We hope you will join us next time for finding hidden treasure.